0: I want us to pray that um, portion of that last song. Open up my eyes in wonder and let me know who you are. Very simple prayer. So let's just pray that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and humbly ask, Lord, that you open up our eyes in wonder, and show us who you are. Thank you, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So, um, I am I, as a, as briefly as I um, can get. <laughs> I want I want to share with you. Uh, so last week, uh, Stephen touched up on falling deeper and deeper in love with Jesus, because the more we see him, the more we love him. And he also pointed to cultivating a daily experience of the presence of God in our lives, right? So today I want to share with you, I want to talk about the transformational presence of God. So, I'm going to give you a quick exercise. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. And just think for a minute. How do you approach the reading of Scripture, studying of Scripture, your time in prayer? Whether it be an hour or five minutes whatever it is that, that, that you usually do. Is this something that you check off your list daily or weekly or I don't know, whatever you do? Is it something that you feel pressed about? Or is it something that you enjoy and look forward to? So think for a minute and, I, and we're not gonna do anything after this about the exercise. I just want us to be honest with ourselves because God already knows how we approach him. So, you can open your eyes again. <laughs> it's just a little thought. Just keep it in the back of your head for now. So, um, what I want to share is in, uh, from the book of Exodus. And this, um, it's something that, that, uh, that has always touched me deeply. And uh, it's, you know, in chapter 32 of Exodus, um, after Israel angered the Lord because of their idolatry. Remember, God had taken them out of Egypt, and now he's feeding them, and he's doing all these things, wonderful things for them. And, uh, and they were waiting for, for Moses, who had gone up uh, Mount Sinai, to to go and consult with the Lord, right? But they didn't want to wait. It was not the waiting that they were expecting. So, they had Aaron made a golden calf so that they will worship it. And they actually did. So, the Lord is talking to Moses and said, Ah! Moses! just." Go down. These people have done a great evil. Go check on them. And, uh, <laughs> and Moses goes down, and, you know, he comes, and, 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 you know, the Lord is incensed against his people, the people that he rescued. But Moses intercedes for them, and the Lord forgives them. However, now it comes the time that they have to to go and, you know, move on. They're going to the promised land that God had given them, that God is going to give them. And God tells Moses, you know what? Forget it. I am not going with you because I might kill you all in the way there. <laughs> so this tells you of the anger that, that God had. And then so in the meantime, you know, in the waiting time, you know, God had said to Moses, I'm going to send, I'm going to send an angel You know, to go go ahead of you. And Moses is is waiting for the instruction. So he sets up a tent outside of the camp. And he calls it the tent of the meeting. And the reason it's it's outside of their camp is uh, to protect them. Because God is so angry. So Moses calls this tent the tent of the meeting. And the purpose of it was for people to come they have, you know, they had to, an inquiry from the Lord or they wanted to consult the Lord to come and do it there and, uh, and anyone was invited to do so but it says that the people you know, the minute that, that Moses walked to the meeting of the tent the people looked from afar and waited for him to go in and once Moses go, went in Then they started praying and worshiping God. You know, they they looked from afar. But it says in Exodus 33 that as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, which represented God's presence, would come down and stay at the entrance. It stayed at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now imagine yourself in that position. Is that not a beautiful picture to behold? That's, it, it's just amazing. So, in one of those meetings with God at the tent, Moses inquires of the Lord, because he, remember, he's still waiting you know, you tell me these. you know, go ahead with these people and, and bring them into the promised land that I'm going to give them. But you haven't said anything else. Who's going to go with us? So um, he's asking for that revelation. And in verse 12 of chapter 33, it says that Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know. Whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. So if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you. Teach me your ways so that I may know you. And continue to find favor with you. And the Lord replies to Moses... Okay, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And so then Moses says to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, please do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth is the presence of the Lord that's what distinguishes Moses that's what distinguishes his people so to me this is Moses very understanding and confession that what distinguishes, what separates them, him, to begin with, from the crowd, were not his abilities and his own efforts. What distinguished the people of Israel from all the other nations around them and identified them as God's people was definitely, Not their own efforts. Especially what you know, what we just read what they did. Or their striving. It was not all the blessings that God was uh, and all God's provision that He was giving them constantly while they were in the wilderness. But it was the presence of God resting on them, guiding them and their dependence on Him. Now Moses, I think that Moses understood that there was nothing worthy that he could learn apart from God. So he just kept coming back, coming back to the presence of the Lord, just seeking that presence, abiding in that presence, dwelling in that presence because God was not only guiding him and strengthening him and training him for, for the task that he had given Moses to lead his people. I mean, how many uh, people was he leading? How could he do this on his own if God was not with him? Doing everything God was doing. So, to me, that, you know, honey in the rock that Moses was finding was too good, too satisfying to not come back for more. So, he kept coming back for more. And uh, it, it turned out from, you know, from the God, when God calls Moses, he pulls them out, to now seeking God constantly It is no longer a shore or a task for Moses to be in the presence of the Lord. But it was a a way to know him better, to love him deeply, and to find his sustenance. So, fast forward the tent of the meeting, which was later the tabernacle, that were built to, to have, for God's presence to be in the midst of his, of their, of his people, were no more. That, that physical reality of the tent and the tabernacle, we know that the tabernacle, the temple, was, was destroyed later on. But God's desire to be in the midst of his people, in the midst of his people, and make himself known to all those who believe and put their trust in him. It's the, that's his, his very desire. That, that we know him and that we spend that time with him. So in, in John 1 we read that, that God himself pitched his tent among us. So Jesus, uh, the the um, the word in in the John one fourteen, he came and dwell. Actually, literally means in, in the the Greek word means to, that he pitched his tent. With us, he took residence among his people in the Word made flesh, which is Jesus Christ, right? So now Jesus, as we all know, uh, I'm assuming we all know, um. Grabs 12 people, minus one, that, that he was going to take, he was going to spend time with them, he, wanna, he was going to spread his wing around them and teach them and transform their lives. And, uh, you know, little by little, the apostles began spending time with Jesus. And more and more, Jesus slowly but surely teaches them, he trains them, he transforms their lives. And there's a story in the book of Acts where um, John and Peter go to the temple and they enter through the gate uh, called the Beautiful and they heal the lame man, right? And so the uh, guard of the temple... And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people are watching them. And they pull them and they, you know, they grab them, you know, you preach preaching Christ, you cannot do that. And, and they, they, they make them explain themselves, why do you keep doing this that we're telling you not to do anymore? And so they are arrested and they have to give an explanation. And they speak with such boldness and eloquence that these authorities of the temple as they listened to them say <laughs> this you know they they concluded that these uneducated untrained men can only speak in this way because they had been with Jesus. So it was the presence of the Lord that transformed the lives of the apostles and give them that, that boldness, that boldness and, and that um, affirmation. They needed to go and do what the Lord had told them to do, which, with, uh, which was um, go share the gospel into all the nations, go into all the nations. So, I'm just going um, to, I'm quickly uh, sharing this with you. Uh, because how we approach God, the purpose of our heart, and the attitude of our hearts, it's important. So, I, uh, when I was growing up in the front of my house, there was, there was this guy, who was called, we called him Don Miguel, and Don is it's like calling someone sir in English, right? Um, so the word in Spanish is Don, and it means respect, because your elders, you called you better. In Puerto Rico, Called Don, you know? <laughs> you don't say you, <laughs> just like that. Um, so Don Miguel sat every morning with his Bible on this little corner of, a, um, of the house, where there was a, a little um, concrete, like a short concrete wall, which we call murito. <laughs> so he would sit there every morning with his Bible. You know, and he once, here and there, you know, when he had um, gotten some stuff to drink, he would come and say, I have read the Bible cover to cover a few times. You know, and I remember thinking, have, have you really? And I was like, wow, you know, back then. And then as I come to know the Lord, I, I realized that he sat there every morning and he actually read the Bible. But he didn't know the Lord. He didn't really know the Lord. And... Uh, it's, a, it's amazing, and I'm sure you know it's happened to you. It's happened to me. I have sat down to read the Bible because I wanted to, but I didn't take anything in. I sat down to pray, and I prayed. But all I did was actually mumble things to the Lord because I, in my spirit, I was not connecting to my God to be in his presence and to know him more. And I share with you this, not because to tell you, oh, I read the Bible cover to cover. <laughs> but I did. Because at the previous church I attended, it's, a, it's a, an activity we did as a group. And I was like, oh, man, I've never done this. I've read books. But I've never, <laughs> will I be able to finish anything ever? Because I never do. I start, and then it takes me forever. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But then I prayed about it. I really prayed about it. And I said, you know what, Lord, if I am going to do this, I want to finish, first of all. But most of all, I really want to get to know you. And every, every um, it was usually um, I took my, uh, my lunch time and I sat in my car and I would pray and I would say this little prayer sometimes 30 times until it sank into my heart and it was very simple it was just three lines show me where you are in these pages show me where Jesus is and show me who I am in your story. It's that simple. And I cannot tell you that my life was transformed. It was an unbelievable experience. Just coming and just surrendering. I know nothing about you, Lord. Just show me. Let me know who you are. And, and I don't know if you've done it or not, but I want to ask you, you know, when you do that, and, and, and thank you, Lord, because he took me there, I would have never been able to do it on my own. So all to God's glory. But I, I, I'm going to ask you something. Who in here, who is here, your favorite book of the Bible is the book of Numbers? Go ahead, raise your hand. <laughs> Who in here is uh, the favorite book? Is Leviticus? Raise your hand. <laughs> I actually fell in love with Leviticus, and Yulit says here, and she can uh, she can testify that they would make fun of me because I read it like three times before I can I could move on to the next. <laughs> But it really, you know, reading, um, resting on God and just coming to know him made a difference for me that I was able to, you know, read, read through that book that I have read before a couple of times. And I was actually trying to skip pages the first few times. Let's <laughs> just get over this part you know, I came from that to actually savoring the book of Leviticus. And there's always, and those of you who have spent time with me, know that I will always find something related to the book of Leviticus, no matter where we're reading. <laughs> because the Lord touched me deeply and showed me who he is and who Jesus is and where I am in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus. And to him be the glory. It, it is a life changing experience to come to the presence of the Lord, to come in reading and praying and studying, in surrender, in humility, and seeking God's presence to know who he is, who Jesus is, and who you are in the Lord. So, going back, do you remember when God, when God speaks to Moses the first time? He calls him, you know, from the burning bush. Moses didn't even know whose voice that was. He did not recognize that voice. He, he, Moses was like so rough around the edges when God spoke to him the first time. He didn't even know. God had, was giving him a task to go speak to the Pharaoh. And he didn't even know how to speak well. He had killed someone. And God, by his grace, showed up to Moses and called him. You know, so it, it was not that Moses came knowing the Lord. No, he didn't. He didn't know anything about the presence of God when God first spoke to him. But as Moses spent time in the presence of God, little by little, he was transformed. He was fed, he was nurtured, and he found his sustenance. His life was transformed forever, and he led the Israelites he led the Israelites. He, he was not able to enjoy the promised land. We know, you know, he tried to take credit for the hitting the rock um, and pulling the water out. But he led these people not because of himself, but because he had spent time in the presence of God. And God had showed him his ways. And he knew the Lord and he trusted the Lord. And the Lord did. So, it was, in the same way, the time that John and Peter spent with Jesus as disciples. What transformed them. What made them bold in their spirit and actually rejoice to be called worthy to be mistreated because of Jesus. Right? When, when we do spend time with the Lord and we get to know the Lord when difficult times come... As, we, as you all were sharing here this morning, when those times come, you know who God is. You've been in the presence of the Lord, and you know that he will sustain you. So John and Peter knew these things. They believed Jesus, and they were rejoicing that they were count worthy for the cause of the Lord to be mistreated for the cause of the Lord. So, what identifies us as God's people is the transformational presence of the Lord in our lives. Now, we have the identity statements that that we hopefully not just recite, but that we think about and we pray about our hearts fixed on Jesus, we are a community of practice that leans joyfully into transformation using what God has given us for his mission and his glory. Amen? And like Stephen was sharing, there's no way you can um, work your way from the end of it to the beginning. You have to be in God's presence. You have to be transformed. You have to lean. You have to have your uh, um, have to have your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? So I I just want to encourage us all. When you approach, when sometimes it feels like oh, I have too much to do. I don't have time. Oh, I gotta get this done and done and this and that and that and. And, I, and when you read about all these, of these ancient preachers, <laughs> they were so busy. And, and, and uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Tim Keller, too. They, that they lead um, you know, so, many congr- so many services. And they're so busy that the time they spend in the presence of God is not like this. It's like this. Because there's no other way to do it. You cannot feed people. Like Beth was saying, we have to stay here. We have to dwell. We have to remain in Him. We have to abide. We are His. His, you know, we are the branches. And if we are cut off from the presence of the Lord, from abiding in Him, there is really no, not um, fruit that will stand being cut off, right? We are not going to be productive in the spiritual realm. So my encouragement is that as we approach the reading of the scripture, even if you're reading a book that points you to, to the scriptures, your time of prayer, your time of being quiet before the Lord, just take it in. Take in the presence of God. Just come. Come asking God to open up your eyes in wonder. To get to know who he is. Of his deep love for you. And in that way we will fall more and more. Deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. Come yearning to know him more. And as we come closer to the Lord, then he will come closer to us, as the book of James says. So, just come humbly, come in faith, believing, because God knows your heart. God knows your heart. If you come with a humble heart, to enjoy the presence of God, He He will deliver, He will deliver, He will allow you to get to know Him. That that honey in the rock will really feed you; it'll be satisfying. So I just I just want to share this with you. Um, that I was reading it was a short article, and. Uh, But I think this this little part um, is worth sharing. So it said, um, and it was about the presence of God. Um, It says, time in the morning and evening is important. But what is even more important is that we invite his presence into every area of our lives. It was when Israel became impatient with Moses on the mountain that they reduced God to a calf. Oftentimes, in our rush to do things, in our way, and in our ability, we reduce God to a powerless calf in our life. A small God does not impose any threat to our lifestyle, but he also has no power to carry us into the promised land. So, begin to develop a greater awareness of God, Give him a greater place and authority in every aspect of your life and his presence will transform your world. So with that said, I want us to pray quickly about um, if you have any, any, um, any issues, um, you know, we, we fall off the wagon. I'm, I admit it. You know, there are days where it's, it was just hard to sit. There are days where I sit and my prayer is just crying for a half hour. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, like yesterday, I didn't want to be bothered with anything else other than enjoying the book of John and just, just taking in what God was giving me, what he was feeding me. And... Imagine my daughter inviting me to TJ Maxx. And I said, no, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's my place to go waste money. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and time. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, we, we follow the wagon, but just get up and come running and just get on the wagon again. But if you're having difficulty, I, I want to share with those of us, I mean, us believers. There's a passage in the book of Hebrews that says to encourage each other. Don't let anyone, if, 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 if anyone is pulled back, and there's blessing in it. If you know someone is struggling, don't tell them, oh, it's okay. Uh, no. God wants us in his presence. God's, God wants us to be there. Even if it's five minutes, just encourage each other to come to the presence of the Lord, to be fed, to seek His face with all our hearts so that we do truly get to know Him. The, the Lord that loves us so much that He gave His one and only Son so that we could spend time with Him in eternity because in the end, what we're looking forward to is to be in his presence. And then he will, his presence will make us complete when we are there. That's the ultimate thing that we are looking for. So don't miss out. But if you have, right now, if you're having an issue, a problem, you know, difficulty with it, at the end, if you want to reach out to someone, I'll, I'll be here but if you want, you have someone of confidence that you want to reach out to, to pray about it, to give you some pointers or whatever, to be accountable to, um, just do it. Don't, don't wait. Don't, don't think it's not important, because it is. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word that, that speaks about the transformational power of your presence, that speaks about everything that you did to be in the midst of your people and to make yourself known to us. We thank you for what you have done in our lives, Lord God, and what you are willing and excited to do. Open up our hearts, Lord God, in wonder, so that we can look for more and we can receive it in humility, and practice being in your presence so we can be transformed, that we can lean joyfully into that transformation and use, as you did with Moses, what you have given us for your mission and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.